is up, everybody? Welcome to the stack. I'm so, Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And oh boy, do we have a lot of big ooh issues boy. to talk to yeah. you about this week? Let's kick it off with one from DC Comics Superman 2023 Annual Number One, or Wait. Annual 2023 Number One, or Number One 2023 Annual, or something like that. Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Mahmoud Azrar, Edwin Galman, Caitlin Yarsky, Max Rayner, and Jack Yarsky. Herbert. This is yeah. kicking off and continuing a bunch of big stuff in the Superman universe with a bunch of short tales and other things that are going on. Um, but the big ones to highlight, I think the main story is about Superman is fighting Toy Man. Uh, and meanwhile, Lois Lane has temporarily taken over the Daily Planet in continuity. Fun. That she's trying yeah. to rally the staff and get them to think outside the box by getting them to all switch their beats, putting the sports guy on a hard news, putting the gossip person on sports, etc. That's not actually what happens in any capacity. Um, but it kind of shakes That's how the up. news works, though. Everyone shakes it up, right? And I, I want to get into spoilers because there's some big uh, headlines, I think, that happened to this issue. Ah. First of all, we got a new Parasite. Parasite is now good. He's like a delivery boy mailman working for Super Court. And, and he gets a pat, which is adorable. gets a Parasite dog. Very cute. Yeah. So yeah. that's sort of like the minor one. The bigger one that happens during the Lois Lane story is she realizes there's some gaps in information. We've already found out that Lex Luthor was a hero for a while in Metropolis, which they never quote knew. Quote, unquote, hero. And yeah. Quote, unquote, hero. There's more to find out. And there's two villains from his past that are coming for both Superman and Lex Luthor. But what we discover in this issue is the reason nobody knew about this period is that Perry White was seemingly working with Lex Luthor and maybe killed all of the stories about him. So that looks pretty Whoa. bad for Perry. And the last little bit there is that the two villains, uh, Dr. Farm and I'm forgetting what the name of the other one, have kidnapped Lobo and are experimenting on him and find a tracker in him that connects to all Sarnians. He's uh, Sarnia. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what are you talking about on the last Sarnian? And then we cut to uh, Brainiac. Brainiac. Thank you. I was about to say Beetlejuice. Wow. <laughs> that would was, be crazy. I was just going to say That's you. fun. I was going to say you uh, as a Brainiac, who it turns out, has a bottle city of Sarnia. So, in fact, there's probably hundreds of thousands of Sardians who are still or surviving. Or maybe five. We don't or know. Or possibly just one. Or none of them. He just likes a little bottle city. Uh, anyway, mm. big stuff going down in this issue. What did you guys think? The well, number of space wolverines we have oh, come in our way. That's where you go start just... with. Can we can we start with some real stuff? For, first off, I love the idea of Lois being in charge. It's about effing time. I mean, let's let's put the real hero in charge here. So I love that A whole kind of bit was really fun. Uh, plus. The uh, Moonlight uh, as kind of like a yeah. new hero was great. Kind of a cool introduction uh, like that. Uh, the Livewire versus Red Cloud fight was really fun. Uh, overall, I thought this was a great annual. Um, yeah, and the art was beautiful. I agree. This was very fun. And I, I really love how it establishes like a or reinforces a Superman world that has everyone on the other books has really painstakingly established recently. And I enjoy every bit of it. I agree. Great issues. Some big moves going on here. Yeah. Let's go to another one that takes some big, big swings that we should probably talk about. The Amazing Spider-Man number 31 from Marvel, written by Zeb Wells, Dan Slott, Ooh. Celeste Bronfman, uh, Albert Montes, and Kale Atkinson. Art by John Romita Jr., 
at Emilio Leso was Z. Carlos, David Lopez, Mark Bagley, Alba Glez, Paco Mendina, Albert Montez, and Kale Atkinson. And not credited here, but probably should be credited here, is Kare Andrews towards yes. the end. Now, this is doing a bunch of things. We're getting the wedding of yeah. the Beetlejuice, I believe. No, the Beetle, no. sorry. And <laughs> wow, you stop saying it. And Robbie Robertson's, Robbie Robertson's uh, son. <laughs> what am I even talking about? I don't anyway, know what's happening to you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm having a minor stroke, I guess. Anyway, uh, there it's a big wedding issue, so of course things go horribly wrong. By the end, it looks like maybe uh, Madame Basque is dead. Maybe Tombstone is dead, Possibly the wedding is ruined. Uh, and then we get a bunch more. This is kicking off the gang war storyline that is coming up in Amazing Spider-Man. But then we get a bunch of teases for upcoming storylines with some big stuff yeah. going down. One of them is Dan Slott in Spider-Boy is kicking off a new villain called Madame Monstrosity, who mm. seemingly is behind a lot of the animal-themed villains that Spider-Man has had. She's sort of like this retcon of she created Morbius and the Rhino yeah. and Scorpion and a bunch of others like that. Uh, the other thing that we're getting here is we're getting a kickoff for the Spider-Woman series that is coming down the pike. And the tease here is after being gone during End of the Spider-Verse, now somebody has kidnapped Spider-Woman's child. So that's pretty terrifying. And the last one... Arguably the biggest one is something that Marvel has been teasing all week. We get a reveal that Kara Andrews is coming back for Rain 2, the sequel to Spider-Man the, Rain. The, sequel the thing that, that no one every, asked for. Yeah. There's a phrase at the end of the issue where they're like, the most notorious Spider-Man story ever returns. And I'm like, yeah. I that word does not mean what you think it means. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the big question is, are we getting that tiny ween? Are yeah. we getting the close-up on the, the ween? That's the big question. I mean, how do, you, how do you not? They censored it in the first one. We're going to get every panel Spider-Man's going to be hanging dog. Come on. Hanging uh, dog, I will say, hanging dog and a, shooting webs. That's, wow, great. Uh, I will say, the walking backwards, I did really enjoy those, that uh-huh. tease. I like the Kingpin stuff there. I'm here for it. I... So we re not recently, probably a year ago at this point, revisited Spider-Man Reign. And I think we all kind of found that there was stuff that we didn't love about it. And we didn't love how derivative it was of Dark Knight Returns. But at the same time, there were some good parts of it. Like it it started. Connie Andrews is good. And we are. But good. It is really just unbelievable. It's next level for sure. So I don't think we need it. But I'll always look at some Connie Andrews art. That sounds good to me. Those were some beautiful pages. Yeah. Yeah. And then I couldn't believe that that was happening. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not excited about this, but, uh, you know, maybe when I read the whole thing, it won't be as bad as maybe the first go round was. Maybe the second one will improve, is my hope. Um, but yeah, to kind of uh, the the Stanley the Goose issue was really adorable, like really just fantastic. Um, uh, the Peter uh, and Miss Marvel uh, section was really uh, yeah. touching and sweet. Uh, um, just to mention that really quickly, that was rounding up. Miss Marvel was brought back to life in the Hellfire yeah, Gala. Of course, she died in Amazing Spider-Man. 
we were very mixed to negative about that storyline, but I agree with you. This is a very sweet, nice story with some really fun Miss Marvel stuff in it. Great reveal. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the thing that really got me is the black cat Felicia Hardy breakup, which was upsetting. And then later we get a Mary Jane story that I enjoyed, but I feel like we're setting up a Mary Jane Peter Parker reunion. Well, we better be because what is Peter Parker without MJ for Christ's sakes? Come on. I don't know. I think he has a new romantic interest who is the Beatles regular human lawyer friend. Were you feeling that in that mm. first story? No, nope. there regular- was. They did mention the fact that she was her lawyer friend like four times, which right. was unnecessary. Yeah. I, I think we're going to get this new lawyer friend is going to be a romantic interest who's like, doesn't know Peter is Spider-Man. It's like, great, finally a normal person that I could hang out with who isn't all of these female supervillains. Um, so I don't know. I, I've been a little down on Zeb Wells' run on, a lot down, actually, on Zeb Wells' run of Spider-Man. But I like this issue, and I thought there were some really interesting teases and kickoffs for things to come. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff great. in there for sure. Great. <laughs> Why don't we move on? Talk about Mech Cadets, number one for Boom Studios, written yeah. by Greg Park, art by Takeshi Miyazawa. This is continuing the story started in Mech Cadet U, and now that is going to be a Netflix series that I believe is going to debut later this month. I don't remember the exact date. Yeah. But this is about a bunch of teens who can bio-interface with giant robots who have alien stuff in them. And, of course, they fight aliens in space. It's very anime-inspired. But I really like this issue a lot. I fondly remember Mech Cadet U, but didn't remember a lot about the plot. So revisiting this world was nice. I don't think you have to have read the previous series to get into it. And ultimately, I thought it was very emotional, and the action yeah. was good. Yeah, uh, Greg Pak, uh, can't wait to have him on the show so we can talk about uh, this mm. comic. I, I think it's one of those, uh, you know, it's Voltron fun. You know what I mean? Like, it's his kind of take on it a little bit. Um, yeah, it's very touching, very cool, and the art's uh, absolutely fantastic. So it's a, it's a it's fantastic first-ish. Uh, it is fun, and you can tell Greg Pak really loves this world. So yeah. uh, we're setting up a lot here. Looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to Alex booking him on the show so we can talk about this kind of stuff with him. You know what I mean? You can do it, too. So you You're can, allowed to book people You can book people. Yeah. And you can also, when he's on the show, you can kiss the computer when he's on, just so it feels like you're kissing him. <laughs> well, weird. World's Finest, Teen Titans, number two from DC Comics, written hey. by Mark Wade, art by Emanuela Lupacino. In this issue, the Teen Titans are doing Teen Titans stuff, and they are, really are the finest the world has ever seen. Oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> wow. Uh, say no yeah, more. No, I, I got to say, like, I like the first issue of this, and this was, seemed to be setting up some stuff. If I remember correctly, there was a villain who's, like, killing off Titans and wants to destroy Titans. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a lot of follow-up on that in this issue. There's no follow-up. Sometimes yeah. there's different, in different issues, it's all different, it's a whole different story. Um, I, I feel like what's interesting about this is they're all having kind of, like, nightmares, and it's like, well... Night Terrors is going on right now, guys. Why wouldn't you just kind of lean into that more and have this uh, Night Terrors issue? You know what I mean? Well, there was, and there was also, I agree with you, there was a Night Terrors Titans issue. So, yeah. Confusing. So, but it's a little, it's a little, you know what I mean? It's a little too much. Same, same. Yeah. And also the, the Titans are going to a Titan con. You know what I mean? And then I'm kind of like, mm. all right, guys, the meta factor. Well, is you, kind of- every year you go to LucinCon, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where uh, anyone whose name is Lucid hangs out. It's fucking Lucid, cool. Lucid. It's the opposite of Titan. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That was a great uh, review of this issue. What did you think, Justin? <laughs> I really like this issue. Mark Wade is great. I feel like he's enjoying writing this. He's mm-hmm. writing the Titans. He's been writing more comics. Happy to have him back. Love this artist, though, as well. Yeah, great expressions throughout. Star Wars Return of the Jedi Max Rebel number one from Marvel uh, written by yeah, Daniel Oliver. Art by Paul Fry. If you ever wondered what was going on with the blue musician in the Star Wars universe, guess what? He is heavily depressed. Yeah. Like, if you were like, hey, depressed. man, I love this character. I'm sure he's just fun and, you know. No, this is a fucking sad. It's like, hey, if you want a, a story about like the musicians on the Titanic as they're going down, like why would they keep playing? Like this is what this is. That's great. a great review, Pete, because I agreed. I was like, this has been a guy that I've been like, he's fun. Look how he's fun, fun he's having. Oh, every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, Reba. His little blue nose yeah. is moving when he's jamming, but he's miserable. He he's a miserable. sad this man. This is the sort of book you want to put on the Peanuts music in the background. The <laughs> doo doo yeah, Because hey, he spends Justin the entire issue walking around uh-huh. like that. But – Really good. Like, once you get past the fact that, whoa, he's very heavily depressed, I thought the exploration of it was really fascinating and just sort of having him wander through the background of Return of the Jedi was really interesting. I liked it a lot. Yeah, Uh I mean, that part was fun, but I feel like he was just not the main character. Like, at the end, he's like, I just still love jamming. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm doing the new song, which is, I like the hopeful ending, because I was really worried when it starts. Like, I was like, oh, man, am I going to curl up into a ball at the end of this issue? Uh, But, yeah, I, I also really felt like they did a great job with the art capturing the Star Wars feel. It really feels like it uh, comes from the Star Wars world, and uh, you really feel like you're in Return of the Jedi. It's pretty neat. Yeah, and whatever you do, don't go to Google and Google Max Rebo butt because you're not going to enjoy yourself. Oh, wow. The Enfield Gang Massacre, number one from Image Comics. good advice. (laughs) Written by Chris Condon. Public service. Hard by Jacob Phillips. This is a spinoff prequel of That Texas Blood that takes place a couple hundred years earlier, something like that. Uh, anyway, it's focusing on the gang of the title. It's very much a Western. We had Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips on the podcast a couple of weeks back to talk about this book, so go back and check it out. But as we told them there, I will back it up here. Great book. Everything they Great do, book. really interesting yeah. and very different and unique. Justin, I know you're a big fan, so take it away. Huge fan. I love this team. This uh, story takes place in 1906, so really brings Ooh. us back. Like you're just saying, a Alex, years before you were born. Yeah, just to touch me. I'm the young, uh, fresh. You host get, of you get real upset. Club. Yeah, because you're the youngest. Yeah. Oh man, are you? Yeah, you were born I, on I, Black yeah. Friday, right? While Pete and I were born during World War One. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's the way Cold we say. It. Yeah, what do yeah. you call it? The Great War. Mm-hmm. Pete and born? I are twins. That's That's true I'm Danny DeVito Anyways, I think uh, uh, Weird flex flex. Thank you (laughs) I'll show you weird flex 
Um, the, I'll show you. Uh, anyways, a fun old timey kind of ad for guns in there, which is a kind of a weird sentence to say out loud. But uh, yeah, I think this is a really cool shoot 'em up story. The art is super tight, bananas, and uh, it really does a great job of giving you excited for more. They this team knows what they're doing, so get on board. Yeah, agreed. Danger Street, number eight from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Jorge Fornes. This is continuing the story of a lot of things happening in the DC universe all at the same time as we investigate mysteries, question mark, and things Mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... This continues to be a fantastic run. Uh, love the yelling helmet at the start. Uh, we finally get the, the reveal. only comment you give about You've this book. Is you love you keep the yelling saying. Co- it's, helmet. It's great. Tell me what is happening in the plot in this book. What is happening? There no, is I, too much happening. There's too much going book. on. That's the beauty of it. Um, but also what's great is we get to see the helmet in the story finally. Before the helmet's kind of been the narrator, in this first time we get to see the helmet in the story. So that's very exciting. That's really going to open things up. Pete also, the creeper loves reveal. headwear. He loves a hat, a helmet, anything. The creeper reveal was hilarious and getting punched out. I mean, that's just good times. Uh, yeah, and fun prison breakout action. Uh, yeah, I'm just having a great time with this. Normally, Tom King kind of like really messes with you in a way that almost seems frustrating, but I'm having so much fun. I don't care that, uh, you know, wow. we're only getting it piecemealed, which I can well, tell by Alex's expression is the opposite of how No, it's feel. just crazy to me that you're like, Tom King really usually messes with you. This book is a book that's like, it's written by the Stefan character from SNL, where he's like, this yeah. book has everything. It's got a shouting helmet. It's yeah. got the creeper going on the date with a lady cop at a fancy restaurant. <laughs> it's got the Danger Street digbacks. They're hanging out with Starman. Not that Starman, the blue one. And he's unconscious. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I agree. It's chaotic. But it, Tom King's whole thing is laying it all out on the table and then yeah. slowly pulling the threads together. And that's what's happening. I love the runner here where it feels like a deciding moment was this kid's game where the people who won got powers or something cool and the people who lost had something bad happen to them. That's fun. Sure. I'm, I'm glad you're having a nice time. The Avengers number four wow, from Marvel. Alex, wow. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm Tom King, super talented. Jorge Fornes, stunning art. I love looking mm-hmm. at the art throughout. It's great. The layout of the panels is impeccable. Um, yes. Not, just not loving this book. The Avengers number four oh, from yeah. Marvel, written by Jed McKay, art by C.F. Villa. In this book, the Avengers are fighting back against a big gold city and a big face guy who... It's not the scarecrow, even though you want it to be. It seems Alex, are you you talking about the Ashen Combine? (laughs) Are you talking about the Ashen (laughs) Combine? We talked about this, I think, you and I, a week or two two ago, that everybody's trying to make their Black Order, and I could not stop thinking about that when I was reading this issue. Yeah, that's what that is. And I will say, all the Avengers, I love Jed McKay, and I'm interested in this book, but all the Avengers started this fight last issue, and I was like, oh, it's just more of that fight? And it's like keeps going so like this issue is the beautiful art mm-hmm. i like the take on the avengers but i feel like this issue has a little bit of filler energy 
Ooh, shots fired. All right, I need to back up the truck here a little bit and first start off by saying the tribute to John Romita in this issue is fucking awesome. In every uh, Marvel comic this week. Right. Okay. Well, well we're talking about one specific one it's here. But no yes. knock, just saying. Okay, great, great. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm having a great time with this book. Um, I mentioned the villain looks too much like Scarecrow, but other than that, uh, I'm really enjoying the banter that's going back between Black Panther and Captain America here. Uh, I did like just, that. I thought those yeah. scenes were very good, by the way, just to interject. And the art is just uh, absolutely beautiful. Vampirella Dracula Rage number one from Dynamite, written by Christopher Priest, art by Christian Rosado. There's a little bit of continuity with Vampirella. You probably need dough here. Yep. One is that her ex girlfriend named Victory, I believe. Uh, mm. Mm, I don't know. Victory, Maybe. Victory, Victoria, whatever it is. She is. She has an ex-girlfriend, and she has powers from a magical ring. Also, Vampirella hooked up with Dracula and got pregnant. Uh, And a lot of this issue is catching you up on that continuity, explaining who Dracula is in here, and also what's been going on with Vampirella, how she was basically driven mad by her pregnancy. Uh, I, as usual, kind of went into this being like, all right, this is a dynamite title. How is it going to be all T and A? And again... I think it's chalk it up to Christopher Priest knowing what he's doing in terms of structuring an issue, yeah. but also Christian Rosado with the layouts and the way that the pages just go back and forth with these flashbacks of Vampirella and yeah. Victory, if that's the name of the character, hanging out with Dracula in a swamp, it seems like, and essentially getting caught up with what's going on. I thought I was blown away by this issue. I thought it was really, really good. I, I agree. I was really impressed. Also, there is like this idea that you know uh you know like pregnancy is insane for everybody but even uh, you know the superhero here is having issues with it too so it's it's a tough topic but i think it's it's also uh very cool and also like it's not tna they're doing different stuff with the character and the art is kind of more focused on the action and other things instead of that so i'm just really impressed with this issue i had low expectations but they were I, they went above and beyond. So I think this is really cool and unique. And so I had a great time with it. Just the format change is really cool. Like the way it was like smaller segmented story, like pieces yeah. of the story sold out. Like I, I agree. I thought it was really well done. Spirit World, number four from DC Comics, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Henning. This is bringing together this new character, who I keep liking on the name of. I'm very sorry. I'm terrible in this episode. With uh, Uh, Batgirl, Cassandra Cain, and John Constantine. Constantine. Thank you. I did remember that one. As they're fighting a bunch of spirit enemies in the spirit world of the title. Pete. What did you think about this? Yeah, I'm having a blast with this. Uh, I just love all the action, love the cast of characters, as you mentioned. You know, uh, magic, giant swords. This is just uh, really cool. Lith Wong is just absolutely killing this. This is just uh, so creative and cool. Um, And the art is leading the way. Uh, Xanthi is the name of the character, I believe. Uh, Xanth? Like the the Pierce Anthony series? Uh, yes, I think that's what the reference is for sure. Uh, I, I will say I, I, I do like this. I think the art is cool. It feels like it's a little like I I don't quite know uh, what the stakes are for everyone. It feels like everyone's like, this is horrible, but we did it. Great. 
now this is horrible. We we are doing this. It's great. So I feel a little bit lost in the flow of the narrative, but I do like this world. I like that the Hellblazer is just like along for the ride in a fun way. Yeah. And I, Batgirl feels a little lost in it as well. I'm not getting a lot of the Cassandra character here, uh, but I, I would like to see this world explored more. I do like Batgirl's new costume. I think it's it's well designed. Cool. Thank you. Cool. Good enough, Alex. Cool. Good yeah. enough. Cool. Guardians of the Galaxy number five for Marvel, written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, art by Kev Walker. In this issue, the Guardians are taking the fight to Grootfall, this massive, fiery version of Groot that is attacking oh, the universe. Man. We don't get a ton of answers here, but we do see the Guardians leading a final charge against Groot with Star-Lord really trying to save him and help him, even though we Very don't know emotional. exactly what's going on. Pete, you love this. Yeah, I'm having such a great time with this. All uh, the art is super tight, bananas. So creative the artwork. I really love the way the art kind of really shapes the characters and makes them feel different. Um, yeah, but this is super sad. Uh, just like the new Guardians movie that's now on Disney Plus, I it got really emotional. I, I love uh, when characters are kind of fighting for each sneak, other. And, sneaky tease. And I just think it's. You know, I just I love them trying to come together and save Groot against all odds here. And I'm really worried about it. But hopefully, you know, we kind of get a cliffhanger ending in here. Hopefully no, the whole team doesn't die trying to save Groot. But man, uh, this is just absolutely hilarious and a ton of fun and uh, totally, totally worth picking up. I do like the art, but I think this series is struggling for me. Uh, go fuck I, the next issue says it's going to reveal what Grootfall actually is and what happened. And I'm looking forward to that. But honestly, it feels like uh, sort of uh, touching on the Western thing and the like serenity uh, firefly adjacent energy but the characters feel so lost and we aren't connected to why so i'm one missing. of their fucking teammates is down man that's why they're lost you fuck yeah but we don't know why and we don't know yeah, what happened not yet no so i'm just saying i wish i knew that and so maybe you next issue i'll bleeding. enjoy it. you don't have to tell me that i do i do that Okay, yeah, that's literally our jobs. That's what we are paid for on a daily. Yeah, you don't basis. do you yell at your coworkers, Pete, every day. Keep working, everybody. Yeah. Keep working. <laughs> yeah, appreciate Killer that. Queens two number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by hey. David M. Boer, art by Bradley Clayton. In this issue, we're returning to the world of Killer Queens, an openly LGBTQ plus universe of fun raucous adventures what'd you guys think about this one yo yeah. space pride looks crazy looks like very fun so i'm down for that and uh this is a fun fun story i look forward to getting they've just sort of set this the status here and like let's get out let's keep going I agree. This is really fun. Starts a fun space romp. Interesting characters. Very creative stuff. The unicorn pooping rainbow is just hilarious. Uh, art's absolutely fantastic. They you do the same great, tattoo. Uh, yes, not in the same place, but uh, same tattoo. Uh, I, it's one of those things where. Uh, they do a great job of setting up the world. Uh, you know, I'm so I'm interested to see what's going to happen next. Uh, they uh, they haven't really teased it, but they just kind of are sitting in it, and I think that's a confident move. Uh, one place you could probably check it out is Killer Queens because this is a sequel, Killer Queens Two. Um, we did read earlier issues of that, so that did a good job of establishing the world before we got here. 
Who are you picking Great. a fight with? That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, all the time. Yeah. Let's jump to our Night Terrors block and talk through all of that. As we've been doing every week, we've been talking through all the issues of DC Comics Night Terrors. Big one this week is Night Terrors number three, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Giuseppe Camincoli, uh, Stefano Nessi, and Casper Wingard. But we've also got Night Terrors Zatanna number two by Dennis Culver and David Baldia, Night Terrors Green Lantern number two by Jeremy Adderns and Alex Segura, uh, art by Eduardo Pensica, Jordi Tarragona, and Julia Ferreira, and Mario Fox Fuchilio. Night Terrors Robin, number two, by Kenny Porter and Miguel Mendoza. Uh, Night Terrors Shazam, number two, by Mark Wade and Roger Cruz. And Night Terrors The Flash, number two, by Alex Pactadal. Art by Daniel Bayliss and Tom Derenick. Let us talk about Night Terrors number three first, just because, Pete, mm. I know you were super into that. And, of course, yeah. that is the core title of the crossover. Yeah, this is a ton of fun. I'm loving this. Uh, I really like the, you know, spoilers, but I really like the, you know, dead man talking to Damien about father and son stuff. I thought that was super touching in the middle of all this madness. Also, uh, did Batman just rip the Nightmare Stone out of dead man's body? Like, holy shit, man. That was fucking bananas. What a what a badass cool thing to do in the middle of this night terrors thing. Oh man, I I really had a guffaw moment, a holy shit moment, if you will, and uh, it was glorious. I also really enjoyed this. Uh, the fact that it was Dead Man's heart, essentially, yeah. did not see that coming. Spoiler, a numshi by dude. Come yeah, out. got that hard because I thought it was going to be in Sandman or another of the major characters here just stashed mm-hmm, in their brain mm-hmm, somewhere. Mm-hmm. But instead, they just had to rip it out of Dead Man's corpse. <laughs> uh, really enjoy the art on this one as well. Yeah, uh, really great covers overall. This whole Night Paris thing continues to be such really uh, crazy covers. Sorry, Alex, didn't mean to cut you off there. No, I was just going to say, why don't we jump into some of the individual issues? I actually mm-hmm. wanted to give a shout out. I didn't love the first issue of this, but Night Terror's The Flash, number two, I yes, thought, was maybe my favorite one of the week. It's just this terrifying thing where the first issue set up that Barry is trying to save Wally. His nightmare is Wally dies. So he travels yeah. back to the past, keeps trying to save him. It doesn't work. In this issue, he goes too far and he's going through the speed force so many times it starts to wreck and change his body in horrific ways. I'll tell you what, there is some imagery that happens in here and the way that they hit this, this frankly felt to me like what they tried to do in the Flash movie but one billion times better. Well, it, well it, I agree. It reminded me of that a lot. And I enjoyed this much more and had much more body horror to it mm-hmm. in the way that it should. Yeah. yeah I, I disagree. The holy kind of thing uh, looked dumb. Uh, I, I just think that uh, the holy thing. Yeah. He's got holes in him from all the time traveling bullshit he's doing. Yeah. Holes. Uh, he turned into holes? like some sort of misstaping monster. Yeah, he's got, like, craters in his face. He's got giant holes. Speed holes. holes. He He goes faster when you have speed holes. That's why I put speed holes in my car. Yeah, the whole... Right, like, uh, Usain Bolt has a bunch of speed holes as well because he goes... Uh, Yes. I don't know what you're... uh, (laughs) 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 Shh. 
Pete's what? cartoon sleeping. Sorry, when he talks about the Flash, he gets yeah, tired just, and falls to cartoon <laughs> sleep. Yeah, yeah. You can see it if you're watching the video. There's a feather on his nose. It just keeps yeah. going up. Oh wow! Um, Very um, old um, school um, Looney Tunes style there. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that one was really good. What ones would you like to shout out, Pete? If that was not your favorite, what would you like? Oh man, Robin number two. Uh, some really amazing covers as well. I uh, love this uh, Robin team up here touching uh, Tim and uh, touching waiting Tim. for uh, uh, backup moment. It was a real touching kind of move, and then the, him and Robin back and forth was really awesome. Uh, I'm having a blast with that. Also, before Zelbin uh, cuts me off, uh, the Zatanna number two. I really- was cutting. I'm cutting you off because I'm going to take Zatanna number two. All right, because buddy. I. I enjoyed that one. Uh, I really liked the Flash, and Zatanna was my other favorite of the week. I liked that they're awake. Zatanna's awake to this whole thing, dealing with Insomnia's version of the Ashen Combine here, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great. Black Order, just everyone's doing it right now. And this was, uh, and we got Robot Man sort of uh, messed up. Yeah, Cliff, dude, saves the day. This is really fantastic. The art is just. I don't uh, know if he con- saves the day. Well, he saves the day. You know no, he like, gets it. it. Zatanna saves him. Well, sure. To, I mean, realistically. To shout out the other two, I like the Shazam issue quite a bit. I love the idea that Mary Marvel is just trapped in the cyclical nightmare that she can't get out of. There also seems like there's going to be something that's going to spill into the main Shazam title as well, which I thought was cool. And the Green Lantern number two was another one that I was okay with the first issue, but I really like this issue a bit. I think it just went big on the action and over the top. Yeah which I really enjoyed. The backup was better. And shouts to Alex Segura in the backup with a nice Sinestro, felt like a silver, great Silver Age Sinestro story. Kind of tripped out a little bit, the art style, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Let's move on off of Night Terrors onto some other terrors. Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Weapons of Vengeance, Alpha number one from Marvel, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Jeff Shaw. Forget about Fall of X. This has nothing to do with Fall of X. It's just a a sharp guy and a fiery guy fighting up to murder a child. Pete, take it away. Yes, that's exactly right. You know what? Like, I'll go back in time and I'll kill a baby. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not scared of You've babies. You've always said that. You've yeah, always said yeah. that. I, I am not scared of a baby, dude. I will fucking put a pillow over it. Anyways. That's so too far. I think it's far what, too yeah, far. Too far. Yeah, way, it took a little too far. Uh, anyways, just uh, I love this reveal that Wolverine and Ghost Rider have been friends for a long time. You guys, we just didn't know about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay? Uh, they've been working together for years. We knew about it. They were in the new Fantastic Four together. They're buddies. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, anyways, this is just such a <laughs> badass team up. I love it. Uh, just, uh, yeah, I mean, the weird part was the evil kid that they had to murder. But other than that, Wouldn't the art was fantastic. Two main characters with their own titles in Marvel Comics had just never met before, like in the entire span of their history. Like if Hulk and Mr. Fantastic were like, Oh, hey, nice to finally meet you. I've heard a lot about you. I've heard a lot about you, yeah. Yeah. You seem fun. Oh, stretchy. Interesting. Stretchy, smashy, smashy, stressy. Stressy. Meet each other. Yes, there you go. Stressy. I don't know. Justin, please start talking. I will will argue, uh, Alex, stressy is part of his whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He is. What did you think about this book, Justin? 
Um, I thought it was connected to Fall of X a little bit more, so I was surprised it was not. But um, it was fun, very nineties. I thought it was interesting that there's a weapons of 90s. vengeance what's it, weapons of vengeance checklist that features this book <laughs> and then <laughs> three others, and that's it. Yeah, why, did, why did they do the crossover like this? Why is there's an alpha one issue of Ghost Rider, one issue of Wolverine, and then an Omega? Yeah. Not a, well, not a true You can just do it in two issues of Ghost Rider and two issues of Wolverine. There's no need for this. There's also no uh, need to number it Weapons of Vengeance Alpha number one. Like someday there's going to be an Alpha number two. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm hoping for it. No. Oh, alpha number one are the same, yes. famously. I like the story as well. I thought there was some good horror elements in here, and putting Wolverine and Ghost Rider together makes a lot of sense, so that's fun. Right. Let's move on and talk about Barnstormers, number two, from Dark Horse Comics, written by Scott Snyder, art by Tula Lute, hot off of their Eisner win. Ooh, I believe it was shouts. Best Digital Comic. This was originally released digitally. In these issues, we're getting two issues at the same time. This is about a Bonnie and Clyde type, type couple who's traveling mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. In this mm-hmm. issue in particular, they're using their aeroplane to rob for the rich mm-hmm. and give to the poor. Unfortunately, there are forces that are conspiring against them. And also, the guy part of the Bonnie and Clyde couple is maybe kind of insane and sees a robot man who is taunting him from the neon sky. Like we all do. Like, like everybody does. Yeah, I mean, we've all gone I've through stuff. I've seen a robot fly. <laughs> uh, I will say, every, every I like the way they explain it here, where he's like, well, I was changing a neon sign, and it electrocuted me, and now I see a robot. I was like, works for me. Yeah, That's just a quirk. That's a yeah. fun quirk. That's just a fun quirk. I will say I'm curious how that element fits in because that still to me feels like, okay, we've got a pretty straightforward crime tragedy tale going on here, but also this guy sees a neon robot. So how, how does that fit in? Is that going to play into the finale in some way? Cause they couldn't just do Robin hood of the sky, right? You had to have, you know, something else in there. And that's that. Uh, yeah. That's w- his sheriff of Nottingham. It's yeah, a exactly. malfunctioning <laughs> robot. All right. We should talk about the art, though, because this is some beautiful ass art. I mean, it's almost like a nostalgic airbrush kind of thing. It's like a romanticized, like, look and feel like it's rocketeer-esque. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. It's really beautiful in such a kind of cool and unique way. It just we got to talk about it. It's just uh, super impressive what's happening here. Cool. Swan Songs number two <laughs> from Image Comics, written by W. Maxwell Prince, art by Casper Wingard. This is an anthology story, uh, anthology series, excuse me, about last moments and end of times. Here we're getting a couple who gets divorced and makes the agreement to fight throughout time, metaphorically or otherwise, not entirely clear, but we get to see them fight in a bunch of different backgrounds, including medieval, including Kirby esque superheroes and others. Uh, obviously, we're in the tank for W. Maxwell Prince. We love Casper Wingard's art as well. Yeah. But what did you think about this issue? Love the collab. Like, this is very good. And the I really what I like about this is you really believe the couple's in love. Like, yeah. they do such a great job doing on the front end, establishing their love story that it ref, you ride the tragedy of their divorce and when it ends in a way where I'm like, they could still be in love right uh nope no as yeah i this is very even sad. though they're fighting through time 
Yeah, this is a very sad, tragic love story that is heartbreaking. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's really well done and a, a, a realistic representation of what it's like when you go through a relationship and there's a break, you know, like it's, it's a small thing that becomes big. And I think they did a great job of, uh, capturing that and kind of showing that through this comic. So it's, uh, it was really impressive, uh, what they did in this issue. Star Wars number 37 from Marvel, written by Charles Soule, art by Matabek Musbekov. This is continuing the Dark Droids storyline here. We're getting Lando. It's yeah. finding out that Lobot has been infected by this being who is turning all the droids and droid-related folks evil. Uh, so it ends up being a very emotional story about Lando and Lobot's relationship yeah. throughout the years. Pete, you seem pretty sad. Are you doing Okay. Well, no, I'm not. Uh, I don't like this idea of the droids turning on the Star Wars universe. It's it's tough, you know, because we're really attached to these droids, and that's kind of proven here through this uh, this Lando story. Uh, yeah, I mean, you go through so much uh, with these people and or or robots, I should say. So it's it's hard to see it, you know, and. Um, this kind of arc is it's keeps being this heartbreaking thing of uh, things that you depend on turning on you. So I'm not enjoying this roller coaster, but the art is really great and it does feel like Star Wars. So it's uh, it's impressive. I mean, I give them credit for doing this crossover that feels much more uh, intense than anything they've done in the Marvel Star Wars comic universe. It feels like it's pushing it forward in a way I'm excited about. And from a story perspective, Lobot's a character I've always been like, that guy's cool looking, but not really (laughs) known much about in any capacity. And the fact that Lando is like his best, he's like, man, I I need you. You cheat for me. I'm like, oh, okay, dude. Uh, Nice. Uh, Good luck fixing his uh, computer head. Damn them all. Number seven from Boom Studios, written by Simon oh, Spurrier. I you were talking about by, us. No, yeah. no, about the title. That's the name of the book. Art by Charlie Adler. This is about basically a female Constantine <laughs> checking out weird Alex. magical Come on, mysteries. Alex. You're it's better true, than though. that. It's true. I'm not better than that. That's what it is. Describe I'm it differently. I'm not better than that. Great Describe confession. It <laughs> Describe it differently. Uh I I love this book. I will describe it as a fantastic book without making that comparison. Great use of language. I feel like this book has an amazing ability to. And real quick, I just want to ask no particular reason. How would you describe the main character of the book? Oh, interesting. I guess I would say um, like a, a magic user who like doesn't care about what's happening around them. Yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, so it's just like, drinks a lot, kind of usually wears like a long skinny tie and a trench coat. It could be anybody. You could, could be, be talking about anybody. anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like, I would love to see like a Keanu Reeves type person play. That. Yes. Oh, oh my yeah, God. That would be great. That would be great. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Justin. Do you want to finish? Or are you are you done? Uh, no, I I would. This is one of my favorite books of the week. I really enjoyed this. Okay, great. Yeah, I I also really love this issue. I also think it did a really great job, like ramping up at the end of this issue. Uh, some really great characters. Love the art. Uh, I can't wait for the next one. Uh, I also uh, love the demon dog thing. That's fun. It's also mm. surprising to me that you guys jumped on me for that because I would say complimentarily that. 
this character is really good and very engaging. The way that Simon Spurrier writes it is very cinematic. Charlie Adler's characters yeah. are very distinct yeah. and great. I really like this book as well. Another one that I like is Survival Number well, Four. If I could, I you know, yes. just to defend myself, I thought you meant it in a negative way. That's why no, I jumped on. I like on Constantine, you. and more Constantine is better. So there you go. Okay, all right. Well, that's uh, that's different. Yeah. Survival number four from Dark Horse Comics, written by Sean Lewis, art by Brendan Everett. This is a story of vampires versus survivalists, uh, mm-hmm. and it is very good. Yeah, this is intense, man. I, I love this. This is I love all the action, r- ripping spines out, plane propellers, killing mofos. This is some crazy shit, and I'm into this, it. I'm having a great time. Oh, yeah. This issue was brutal, like completely, yeah. absolutely brutal. This is just balls-to-the-wall fight the entire time. Um, great stuff. If you're looking for like something that really channels 80s, 90s action movies yes. in the comic book page. I think this is a good one to pick up. Yeah, I agree. Untold Tales of I Hate Fairyland, number two from Image Comics by Morgan Beam, Dean Rankin, and Dax Gordine. This is a series of short stories that are set in I Hate Fairyland, as you could probably figure out. I find I Hate Fairyland fun, so I found this fun as well. Pete? Yeah, I agree. I think if you really like uh, I Hate Fairyland, then uh, the, you know this collection of stories is is going to be enjoyable to you. Uh, just some unbelievable art, super type bananas, Gert playing cards, losing her shit, love it. The drunken night out uh, one story was great, and the Claudia one was uh, was also really fun. So, yeah, this is a fantastic collection of stories. If you know the book Raw from back in the day, uh, I don't know if you know that, like the indie collection, I think Art Spiegelman curated mm-hmm. it or something like that. This reminds me a little bit of that on a very oh, like wow. micro scale, just in terms of having a bunch of really fun indie creators and then uh, and then all filter through I Hate Fairyland. House of Slaughter, number 16 from Moob Studios, written by yes. Sam Jones, art by Letizia Catanici. After an arc, I think we all agreed we absolutely loved following on Butcher, uh, Boucher, one of the main characters that we've been following sporadically throughout the series. We jump to a new storyline here and new characters as we continue to explore the House of Slaughter. I thought this was a great kickoff to the storyline. I thought the characters we're following are interesting. We have a member of the House of Slaughter who has no arms, and everybody's wondering, how does this person operate slaughter and we get to see how they operate they literally kick a lot of ass so what'd you think yeah yeah another banger ish uh uh, at the end the spoilers the the creepy cutout people really fucking spooked me out man Mm -hmm. and it's a weird thing uh where you're scared of uh paper cutouts but uh you know just hats off to the artist uh, and what they're accomplishing here i love how big and confident the storytelling is where you're like following care and then they just go no we're just going to talk about somebody else in this house of slaughter so it's it's really cool the way they're kind of taking their time and telling a bigger story instead of kind of like uh, uh, you know, a little bit at a time we're getting stuff all over the place and they're really building out the world, which is very cool. Totally. Murder, Inc. Jagger Rose, number four from Dark Horse Comics, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Michael Avon Oming. And this issue, Jagger Rose herself has become the leader of the mafia, which means she's the leader of the entire world, basically. Um, wild, crazy series, I gotta say. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if only we had him on our show talking about this. It, this oh, we did, just to specify, we had him a couple he, of weeks we back. Did. We Multiple did, multiple times. Did. Yeah. Ooh, fun echo. Um, yeah, I. that's the bit. Uh, yeah, I love this, like, spoilers, but the really uh, cool last line we get here uh, is just so cool. Um, I, I think this is such an interesting story. We're getting it kind of uh, told a little bit at a time, and I'm, I'm appreciating it and loving it. And, of course, you can't say enough about the oming art. It is just super tight about that. And the Takisomi colors as well, which are absolutely nice. gorgeous throughout. Last but not Great. least... Let's talk about Establishing Shot, written by Will O. Mullane, art by Alfie Gallagher, Lane Lloyd, Edison Neo, Daniel Romero, Butch Mappa, and Clark Bint. Uh, this is a book that was sent over to us by Will, uh, but it is a collection of short stories, all written by him with art by different people. This was a absolutely wild read, I thought. I really, really enjoyed a lot of these stories, particularly the art, nothing against Will's writing, but the art is absolutely gorgeous throughout here, uh, and there's so many different styles throughout. What would you think, Pete? Yeah, I agree. This is just unbelievable. Uh, I also really love the title page. It was really hilarious, the establishing mm-hmm. shot, and it's an establishing shot. Oh, it was so fun. Wow. also love the black and white kind of stories towards the back. It was really cool. Uh, I love the Manhattan, uh, elsewhere in Manhattan storyline. The sound effects in the city was hilarious with that little, uh, that kid with the ice cream cone. So funny. Uh, very much enjoyed uh, all these stories. They're just so well put together and so well done. Really, really incredible. From an art perspective, it feels like it jumps through. It's like a history of comic art in a great way. Like, oh, this yeah. is really cool. Uh, really enjoyed it. A lot of great, interesting uh, use of text throughout the piece. Yeah. Uh, great panel structure. Really, really great. I would say establishing shot is hot. It's one not to miss. Wow. I don't know. I was just nice. No, that, that's not. That's not. So put a cap on it. It really put a cap there on it. There you go. And if you want to put a cap on yourself, you can support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books. Apple, Spotify, not Stitcher, because that's going away at the end of August. If you're subscribed on Stitcher, please subscribe literally anywhere else in the entire universe. We are everywhere. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com. For this podcast and many more, until next time, we'll see you at the Comic Book Shop. Thank you.